And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Hipster, where we talk about Black pop culture, gay pop culture, Black gay pop culture, and sometimes other shit. Hello, Hello. darling. Hello. <laughs> How is your... No, what's today? Today's set? No, today's Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> today's Sunday. I was like, it's, it's not Saturday. It's Sunday. Listen, I understand not knowing the days of the week and the middle of the week because we don't give a fuck, but you know well, what day it is on the weekend. You know when it's not true. you're inching that much closer to Monday or not. Well, it's it's like, you know, I still forget sometimes if things are like reshuffled or if things change during the day. So by this day is I'm like, you know, it's Sunday when I'm doing things. Josh isn't here. Um, you know, I have to. Yeah. It, you know, that just knocks the whole schedule off. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, hold up a second. What day is it? What's going on? Yo, so I'm trying to. Um, I your schedule is just looking different. Yes, it's, it's looking a little different today. You know, waking up early, got errands cleaning and stuff. You know, they ain't like me on a Sunday. Ugh, um, I know. I am cleaning, but that's like me on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, yeah, mm, it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we are adults now. <laughs> I, just, I just need to get to a point in my wealth where I can just have someone consistently just come clean, like, uh-huh. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, I'll straighten up, like, a little bit here and there. Like, obviously, you know, I'll, like, you know, clean the tub, you know, a couple times a week and, you know, sweep the floors and put my yeah. clothes and stuff away. But, like, to dust and mop and scrub the stove and scrub the toilet, I, I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really rather not. I just feel, I'm just tired. I'm, like... Do, do people just reach a point where they're like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like, I've just done this so much. Like, yeah. do people just not get sick of it? And then, yes, in your own home where you just feel like, if I scrub one more toilet, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Especially if it's something that you don't enjoy doing. Or, you know, they, I've heard these stories. I don't know. Anymore. Like, I enjoy doing laundry, but maybe that'll change once I have laundry in unit. And I'm like, if I do another load of laundry, exactly what you're saying. But uh, you've heard, I don't, um, they, I've heard those stories about people. They say they clean when they get, only on television. They clean when they're, like, frustrated or they come, you know, the husband or the kids will come home and be like, you know, mom's upset because she's been cleaning all day. You know, like, mm-hmm. she, they, that's how they take their stress out. And I'm like, I guess there are people who exist like that, but I guess, it maybe it's sort of it's not a, a thing that they enjoy. I wish I was like that. Like instead of like stress eating or I don't know procrastinating, it's like oh no, when Stanley's going through something bad, Stanley's cleaning everything is spotless. He's that would be amazing if you could turn that sort of frustration into something that's productive. I, I guess. I mean, I feel like that's a very special kind of person. <laughs> like, I think I would be more afraid. I'd be like, Mm-mm. and then you didn't find us. You didn't throw away your Pokemon cards. And now they're worth something. You know, now they're worth something. You're like, Mom, I told you not to clean my room. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> said no one ever. Yeah, I guess said no one ever. Teenagers are probably telling their moms not to clean their room, especially boys when they start getting to that, like, masturbatory age mm-hmm. they probably don't want their mom in their room yeah exactly it's kind of privacy i can see kids thinking about um a pri- like a privacy issue and i know like my mom i share my room with my brothers but she would go in our rooms and clean up stuff but she end up throwing away stuff 
that she had no idea. She had it was it just looked like junk. It was sitting somewhere in our right. room that she just didn't think it should be. And she just cleaned up and we go home be like, Mom, that was a letter from the teacher or that was something for my job or or anything. She's like, Oh, I, I threw that away. And it's like, really? <laughs> no. And it's like, why do you keep doing this if you know it's a thing? She threw away one of she threw an ex-husband, she threw away one of his gloves that she thought was very tattered. So she saw a pair of gloves that he had that I guess he didn't wear that was in the drawer. So she threw them away. He had like $800, $900 in cash in there that he put to, to stash or something. And mm-hmm. she had no idea. So, and they had taken the trash out that same day. <laughs> and he was apparently so upset about it, so bad. Cause I'm like, mom, why would you throw, why would you go inside of someone's drawers? I mean, it's our husband, but I'm like, why would you throw it away? Why would you not ask him? Is there any significance to these old gloves that you have kept in this drawer for a long time? Oh, they just threw them away. That's what she'll do. That's I mean, do. I feel her on that kind of. I see both sides of that. But <laughs> I can see me doing that. Like, definitely. And then also, too, because it's like, I probably was like, why do you still have these old gloves a million times? Yeah. And then... I, I, I don't want to say all men, but some yeah. men um, can be very lacking in their communication skills. Uh-huh. And instead of just, you know, giving some kind of explanation, we'll say nothing at all and then be mad when you throw them away and then be like, I had something valuable in there. And it's like, I wouldn't have thrown them away if I'd known that. And I get that you probably don't feel like you needed to tell me that, uh-huh. but it would have been helpful. Yeah. <laughs> like, I asked you. Uh, well, if you ask, me honestly, yes. Like, well, <laughs> well you, you had these nasty tatted gloves, but no, no. I think if you ask, yes, that's one thing. It's just knowing my mother's history, she probably didn't <laughs> ask. She probably just saw it as something that she felt like, oh, but this doesn't make any sense. Why you had? And she threw them away. That's that's what my mother does. She'll throw your stuff away without you even knowing about it. So yeah, that's just that. Oh. But um, I mean. And listen, I'm pre- I bet you there's more, more times y'all was grateful that she just cleaned up your damn room. Because um, no. you could have came home and she was just blew through four bottles of wine. <laughs> well, that would <laughs> be stressed, bad. I'm stressed. I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would have been bad. Luckily, we were pretty clean. So I responsible. We had to make our beds. We had to clean up. We clean, clean, kept. We were really clean. And Jeffrey's much cleaner than I am. So, um, you know, we, we were pretty straight in that department. I could see that. I could definitely see Jeffrey being like the neat one. Yeah, he's very, 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 very. Oh neat. yeah, for sure. Like he, mm-hmm. he seems like he would like fold his boxers. Probably fold his wife beaters. Have a, a prince <laughs> for everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And y'all are the same sign, so it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, it is. But huh? he is kind of on the cusp. He is on the cusp. Yes, he's ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Two <laughs> days, he, he missed being a complete. Sagittarius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. Sagittarius are insane. They listen, are so I think, reckless. So reckless. Uh, listen, you tell me every day, you look me in the eyes and you say, I'm so glad you're Sagittarius. I'm, please, 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 Stanley, continue to act as Sagittarian as possible at all times when we get together. You tell me this daily. Every, Even when I don't see you, you call me, you text me about it in the morning. It's amazing. <laughs> We'll discuss that one offline. um, (laughs) No, I was thinking about when you were saying, like, people cleaning up when they're stressed, um, and that would be useful. And I'm like, yeah, I was thinking about that article that you sent me from the Atlantic, and it's like, Mm -hmm. instead, people are just drinking. Drinking. (laughs) 
And yeah. that's not great because mm-hmm. everyone's going to have cirrhosis um, <laughs> before the end of 2022. But they did say that like health, you know, health issues have gone up. I think, um, you know, other health issues outside of COVID have gone up since COVID. Obviously, stress, obviously yes. depression mm-hmm. um, and all these different things. But now also there's this idea that in the long term, our we all also going to now have issues from alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Over consumption of alcohol. I'm like, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I mean, the article was about, I think titled why America has a drinking problem. And it was really history. I mean, history, it really interesting. It took you through like, like the history of like alcohol and drinking in the country and how I think they said like the eighties and nineties, they saw a decline in drinking in America overall. And then now, you know, partly because of the pandemic, but, you know, people are drinking more. And even um, amongst our age group, like, you know, like you mentioned, there have been lots of cases of like cirrhosis and all these things. But they said that it's, it's a part of our culture and how in America, like once, you know, they said, I think they said overall bars, there are less bars in America than there were like, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. But alcohol is available at more places. Right. And people drink at home more. <laughs> yeah. Because they said also it very much is like one of those things that sort of like wax and wanes. Waxes, waxes, waxes and wanes. Um, so like, yeah. you know, you see that up and down. Mm-hmm. And it always um, just has peaks and then valleys. Yeah. And yeah. Part of the, it's peaking right now, but it's been on the rise. Yeah, they say it's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the drinking was, was going up. Um before COVID happened, so and part of it, you know, it, there's a lot of things that happened. Okay, yeah. um, they even uh, talked about September 11th, and mm-hmm. you know that was a time when they started to see an uptick in Americans drinking more to cope with stress. Yeah, and um, it seemed like, you know, there was like this small period of like economic, not a small period, but there was a period of economic boom, mm-hmm. and. You would think that that would take the stress away, but I think instead people were drinking even more um, (laughs) in a celebratory manner, but also having the money to spend on alcohol. Yes. And then, of course, these these liquor companies um, started advertising more um, rigorously Mm -hmm. (laughs) and started getting a lot more aggressive about how how they peddled their stuff and then coming up with new innovations, which... It's funny to me to think about new innovations in alcohol. Yeah. Um, they all seem terrible. <laughs> like from my perspective. And maybe that's just because I'm such a wine drinker. And I'm yeah. just like, you don't need to do anything to wine. Just keep making it and make it well. Like, uh-huh. you know, I don't I don't want some kind of wine spritzer cocktail in a bottle. Like it just all seems so gross to me. Yeah. 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 It all true. just it's all just malt liquor. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's- and and I think the article, the article too, if I'm not mistaken, did they didn't talk about wine specifically, but like alcohol in general, wine being included in that and how, oh. yeah, it's a problem. And, you know, just, um, oh crap, what was I going to say about um, one of the reasons why we're drinking more besides, like I mentioned before, it being available, like at the grocery store or they said even zoos are now selling alcohol <laughs> and all these things yeah, everywhere. It's like a culture where... But it was interesting how they delved into the history as far as like when, you know, even the pilgrims are like, they brought alcohol over and then there were journal entries that they found of people being upset because there wasn't any alcohol. And they preferred drinking water, I'm sorry, beer, or quote unquote, what was con- considered beer back then, mm-hmm. to, um, to water. And how in general, like, 
it, I don't, it was interesting how he started talking about just how drinking is a social interaction and how back in the old, you know, it helps us cope. It helps us, you know, it helps take off the edge and how um, I think they did a little, they feel like communities, like if you took us back to, you know, not caveman days, but, you know, when we were sort of building our civilizations, how one group that was sober wouldn't fare as good as a group who had alcohol because drinking sort of helps you socially. Drinking brings down those inhibitions where you can find sort of a common ground Mm -hmm. amongst each other. And then you're able to sort of plan and work together. And maybe you were arguing before, but you feel like a connection. And that's something that even though alcohol, like you said, is poison, and why do we continue to drink it? That's one of the reasons why that they feel like it's sort of, I don't know if they mentioned, do you think they were saying that it's kind of innately in our DNA to need it? Or it, it's just, it releases endorphins. So I guess that's one of the reasons. I was unsure about that. Sort of. Well, a- part of it too is that, um, you know, most animals can't drink alcohol, can't metabolize alcohol. And yeah. um, based on the research it showed that like humans just evolved which in is that crazy. way um <laughs> and it was actually for survival when mm-hmm. like fruit fermented and you know it was like there was no other food to eat except the fermented fruit yeah. um that would drop to the ground and humans would eat that mm-hmm. <laughs> to survive and to live um which is amazing yeah um but it was funny that it also posed a question but now that you know everything with everything that we know with alcohol being so bad for us mm-hmm. why haven't we evolved now to the point that like we can't (laughs) (laughs) metabolize the alcohol in that way. But I'm like, but that to me seems more like a technology thing than it would be like an evolutionary thing. Like alcohol in the way that it was consumed, I would imagine for survival wasn't an issue. Mm -hmm. We as now as as an evolving, you know, industrial society, um, we keep coming up with new ways to make the alcohol more dangerous. Yeah. That's on us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't think our bodies are going to just naturally evolve to kind of sort of like fix that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it was interesting. But yeah, part of the reason why, you know, certain societies were able to flourish was because they were drinking and that made people more social. And when you're more social, you share ideas. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same with like, Someone says, let's go out for a drink for a mm-hmm. date, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, aside from the thing that it's this social connector, but it's also this thing that, you know, is perceived to allow everybody to sort of relax. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're in a public space with a complete stranger mm-hmm. telling them all your personal business. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to need a drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you know, totally, but not yeah. too many drinks. Okay, mm-hmm. like, was Patty Stanger? The million dollar um, match oh yeah yeah but she's always like don't have more than two drinks yeah like mm-hmm. she had a rule about that and it's like it's true like two drinks is good enough to like allow everybody to relax and you know take the quote unquote edge off but mm-hmm. three drinks you're you're over the limit like you're past yeah. the line now you're probably getting sloppy now you might let this man put his hand up your skirt like it's just. <laughs> You know, and maybe that's not where you wanted things to go. It's like, yeah, maybe don't have more than two drinks. I, I've definitely, like, drank too much on a date and been like, oh, my God, I'm wasted. No, <laughs> like, yeah. I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny <laughs> it's for me. It's not a good feeling. No, it's not a good feeling. And usually I only have 
you know, because I'm I'm pretty much a, I can't drink as much. Two drinks is, has always been my sort of not limit, but in terms of like two drinks, over two drinks, and it's like, oh no, I know you about to get drunk. Like it's like okay, I completely let loose. Either I'm hanging with my friends or I don't have anything important to do. So like I know that when I'm like I said, I've gotten drunk on dates, but usually what I do is if I know the date's going well and I'm having a good time, I'm like okay, I'll see this guy again, then I'll have another drink. I do not have another drink until. I'm trying to think until I know that I'm going to see the guy again. Or actually, it's always on the other end too. If I'm not, if I know I don't want to see him again, then it's like whatever. I don't care. Not that I don't care, but it's it's like I already made up in my mind. Drunk me is not going to change. I know I'm not going to want to see this guy again. Maybe I end up making out with him, but um, I know I know this is it. This is the last day. So it's just like let's just take the edge off completely. Let me have a good time and enjoy it. Because I don't want to see this guy again. That's what I do as well. <laughs> well, I think women have to think about it just a little differently for safety reasons. Yes. Like, you know, you're just That's like, true. maybe not be wasted out with a complete stranger. Especially when, when you're on a date, you, to whatever degree you appear to know each other, to the strangers. Yes. You know, anybody looking from the outside in. So if this guy, you know, if you were completely wasted and then he were to be like, pushing you into an uber to take you back to his place no one's gonna stop him like no one's gonna know like this is an issue he might be like this is my wife and she's drunk and she's acting crazy trying to get her home you Mm -hmm. know so it's as a woman it's like yeah probably don't want to drink too much on a date um yeah definitely don't have more than two drinks or whatever your limit is like you know i drink wine i don't drink hard alcohol so, you know, if they're pouring up three ounces, I can have more than two of those. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably not more than like four. If yeah. they're pouring three ounces. And that's mm-hmm. like, do you know? Like, can you eyeball a glass and know how many ounces is in it? Mm-hmm. I kind of can at this point, but that's because I drink too much wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I do it at home by myself. And that's another point. In the yes. <laughs> Another point in the article, people are more people are drinking alone. It's not like a social thing. And and where does that come from? And again, I think it's all about taking the edge off. Like we we talked a lot about how, you know, after a long day or I mean, besides liking the taste of wine, I also think that's something that's important to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like the taste of what they're drinking. You know, like when I was twenty, the you only know, why I drink. Only reason why you drink now? Ever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do. You have always said that. You're right. Yeah, you have always said that. Where, yeah, in college, I would drink because I just wanted to get messed up. You know, it's just like, yeah, that was, I I knew I couldn't go too far, but it's like, I don't like the taste of this vodka, but let me drink it. You know, we go out to the club, you pay for a drink. You're like, this long, I'm an IC, it's disgusting. But I'm going to drink it, I pay for it because I want to get my buzz. (laughs) It's so true. That's so true. It's, it's, oh yeah. So, but now definitely it's like, okay, I'm going to drink because I enjoy it. And um, sometimes though, I have to admit it's harder to do than others because I will get a glass of wine sometimes that I won't like the taste of it, but I find myself sipping on it a little bit and I have to stop. Why are you drinking this? You don't like it. And that's because (laughs) it's sort of like a normal sort of social, especially if I'm out with people then it's sort of normal to like you eat and you talk and you're drinking and everyone's, you know, having a good time. That's just how it's supposed to be. And I have to check myself in those moments um, to put, because it's kind of like second nature of doing that. 
Well, apparent according to the article, that's the healthy way to do it. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, they talked about Italy, for example, um, and Italy today, you know, like mm-hmm. Italy where it's like, yes, like drinking is not taboo. Like and you know, like you've been there and I've been mm-hmm. um to Rome, just Rome, and I think you've been in a few cities. And it's like you get to a restaurant, you know, it's nine thirty at night. That's the time you get to dinner. And <laughs> there's um there's already just wine on the table. There's a bottle mm-hmm. of white, a bottle of red. You open up whichever one you want, and they'll bring you some cups. Um, and you just start drinking, but it is very much just a part of the social fabric. No yes. one drinks at home alone. Mm-hmm. It's always either it's with people over food. That's a thing. Um, and that's kind of how that like it, it, it's not even like it's regulated. It's more mm-hmm. self-regulated that mm-hmm. I think people don't have that desire to just sit at home knocking back like, you know, three six packs by themselves like we do in America. <laughs> but I think part of it too I don't know this for a fact, but I would bet money on it that they do not advertise liquor in Italy to the extent that we do in America. That the, mm-hmm. the, that wine makers, whatever, probably aren't even allowed. Um, they probably don't even need to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, they said part of the reason why the drinking started to tick back up in the nineties, late nineties, um, was because that was when the liquor company started to advertise more aggressively. They had self-regulated, they Mm -hmm. stopped advertising, but no one, there was no law, no bill that told them they couldn't. And then. They were like, yo, there's money to be had in these streets. Like, we need to get out here. And then they started making things like Smirnoff Ice and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mike's Hard Lemonade and, right, new innovations mm-hmm. and an advertising heart. Like, you can't watch any TV unless you're on the Cartoon Network. Uh-huh. You cannot watch any TV on any channel on any wet network and not get an alcohol advertisement come up at some point. Um. Um, and I noticed for me... Um, that watching people drink makes me want to drink. <laughs> I've, I've taken inventory in that fact when I'm just like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. You know, I need to just not, you know, I'm just drinking water tonight. And then, you know, we might be watching a movie or a TV show and people are drinking a lot. Yes. Oh, you know, everybody's having a wine at every interaction. And I'm like, oh, I want a glass of wine. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't feel this way until I started watching this shit. Um, it really does affect you um, without you even knowing. So it's it's being inundated with those images um, from the advertisements and then it's being built into the TV that we're watching mm-hmm. that I think causes people to drink. And that's why people are at home by themselves drinking. Yes, to cope. But I think also they're getting these subliminal messages that they should be doing it. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. And that can be harmful because now, you know, it's capitalism. Now money is involved. Mm-hmm. So they... They don't necessarily care about you know the health of of the of, of the people, and you know it it's you know you what you said before was kind of was interesting to me how we kind of come up with these new innovations. Why haven't we tried to? Maybe they have. Why why haven't we tried to come up with a way an alcohol that's a little bit better for you? You know that. They, oh no, they have. There's they non-alcoholic have. Um, wine and beer. Um, there's wine. I have a bottle at my house. It's awful. Uh-huh. There's wine where the alcohol has been removed, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, a friend of mine that doesn't drink told me about it. Uh-huh. And she was like, no, it's really good. So I went out and got a bottle of their quote unquote blend. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's disgusting. It, it, I was like, okay, at the least, maybe it'll just taste like grape juice. It doesn't even taste like grape juice. It just tastes weird. Oh. And I was like, girl, I cannot with you. And she's <laughs> like, well, I got the Riesling. Maybe that one's good and the other one's not. I'm like, uh-huh. no, you don't drink wine, so you don't know how far off and terrible this is from wine. Um, <laughs> but it's also just something I wouldn't drink. Like it yeah. doesn't taste good. It's not even like I was like, well, no, it doesn't taste like wine, but it's tasty. On my non-wine days, I'll have it. No, on my non-wine days, still yeah. sitting there. Um, yeah, it's still sitting there because it's bad. <laughs> I have to. I want to try this wine. I want to try this wine. And and um, you know, one. I mean, the article was, was talked about so many different things, but it's interesting too that like these issues of drinking affect women more than men. You know, they talked about how um, women are, are more likely to deal with like depression and anxiety, but how it, it wasn't a part of like mom culture, you know, as far as like women to be at home and drinking on their own. But now it's become an issue where they are more likely to deal with those problems and those issues through drinking and how it's been sort of supported by the media, you know, on television, but also supported by like, Things that people create, like the purses with the secret um, pockets, are like mm-hmm. or the saying, bangles that yes, are with flats, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, designed to look like tampons. You know, it's all these different things that they have, so they're like feeding into it because, of course, they want to make money. And you know, we we know about the the things where, like, that we've heard the stories of the moms going to like their kids' um, soccer game, game, soccer game, yep. and they're drinking. You know, they have that big. Thing that cup. looks like well, a coffee cup exactly, and they spike it, and it's just something that's a, been a part of the culture so much. And it, you know, that's also what I thought was interesting that they said that they did this experiment with two different groups. I think where they put them at, either like at, in a group, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was at a bar, and then they gave one group alcohol, and the other group they did not give alcohol, mm-hmm. and they found that the group with alcohol was much more was much better at communicating with each other and getting along and creating this like bond in the group without alcohol and you know how that goes back to I guess what I was saying before how communities our group of people will probably do much better um with alcohol than without and also the fact that alcohol is I didn't know this alcohol like abuse and alcohol are more prevalent and um like higher economic um higher economically like earning families and homes Mm -hmm. I didn't know that either well that doesn't surprise me to agree. No, yeah. I'm a, to be honest because I think you would think like, oh, people are poor. They're trying to cope. They drink yeah. alcohol and they drink cheap shit. You mm-hmm. know, they're gonna be alcoholics. But um, to sprinkle a little bit of personal business in here, mm-hmm. I dated someone that was an alcoholic. Like by the time we met, he was um, sober and he was in AA and all of that. But I just remember. Mm-hmm. That um, my friend came to visit from Cali one day, and we were, you know, we went to breakfast and we were talking about it. And she was like, "Yeah, of course he's an alcoholic, like, cause he got money." And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> "She's like, he has the privilege of being an alcoholic, cause his family, he came from money. His family had, you know, some decent amount of money, and his parents lived on the Upper West Side, and mm-hmm. um." He lived in Gramercy. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like, you know, doorman, high-rise building. And she was like, you know, the rest of us, like, had to struggle for all our shit, you know? So we understand the importance of, like, 
being aware, being on, and like needing to do our stuff and get our shit together. Yeah. She's like, you know, he had the privilege of having people bail him out when he fucked up. And, you know, he had the privilege of like just messing up his life and knowing that somebody was going to help him out. She mm-hmm. was like, like, that doesn't surprise me. She was like, it's it's crazy how people don't see that. She was like, you know, I get that, like, alcoholism is an issue. Obviously, yeah. it's a sickness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, but there's some privilege in being able to have a sickness like alcoholism. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because I also saw how he moved through life. And uh-huh. let's also add in the... Uh, caveat that like he was not a black person mm-hmm. um so there was also that and and yeah it was like because sometimes i would look at him like i get that you have an illness mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're working through that and i think for him also being sober it was like a year into sobriety mm-hmm. which is still very new you know yeah, that, very that new. young sobriety um but there were times when i'd just be like you know you could be doing more <laughs> with mm-hmm. your life. And yeah. for him, it was like not drinking was enough. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of like, you're being a bully. And I'm like, I'm not though. I'm like, yeah. I just think that you like, don't use that as a crutch to not do more mm-hmm. and not be more and not be better. And you have all the opportunity to do that, especially with the resources that you have. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because going to AA, um, it that was kind of like a social thing for him. Um, but he was training to be a chef and he didn't want to go to do cooking school because he had done a lot of school that his parents had paid for it didn't pursue any <laughs> any uh, actual careers in. Mm-hmm. So instead of going the, re- the, the route through cooking school, which is expensive, he's like, I'm going to work my way through kitchens and learn from these really good chefs. Mm-hmm. But this man would get a job, a new job, like every few months. And it was from AA. He'd be at AA and meet some chef, some like Michelin star chef. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and then they'd be like, oh, come work for me. Wow. Because of that camaraderie, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, how long you been sober? You know, he'd be like a year and they'd be like, he'd be like, you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm doing that. And they'd be like, I understand. I got a job for you. You know, and it was that camaraderie of I understand what it is to struggle with alcohol addiction. Yeah. Um, so I want to help you. And I promise you, but like during the short time that we dated, he had like four different jobs and he got almost all of them, at least three of them through meeting some chef or some connection to some really great chef through AA. What? And I'm like, do not waste these opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but, and it was hard for him to like stick with stuff, like when it got hard mm-hmm. and I'm like, you don't think that that's a problem you should work out in therapy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I say that to say that it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, um, that it would be people who have more means that would um, fall into that sort of addiction um, because, I, yeah, they have the means. Yeah. And they're the ones that are 100. I mean, everybody's going to be peddled to. Um, but certain things they're going to get they're going to be peddled certain things. And then in the hood, you're going to be peddled other things. Um, exactly. and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if some of the things that um 
you know, theirs is like more quality, right? So like the consistency of that alcohol is probably stronger. It's oh my God. Good quality. Um, and those are probably the dangerous things that get you more hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, as a society don't know that. Um, and as like alcohol makers, those folks don't care. They just want to make a sale. Exactly. It, yeah, it's, it's sad. Yeah, it is sad because we, yeah, like you're saying, you know, alcohol does exist in those poor communities. And also they probably get less, they don't have the resources to, mm-hmm. to seek out, you know, that help. You know, I definitely, I don't know too many, but you know, I've met, you know, someone who has a problem with alcohol in my family or someone. And then it also seems like it's interesting because they go up and down, you know, sometimes they're not, they don't have a problem. Sometimes they do, but I I don't think anyone in my family that I know of has been to AA, you know, or has been to, you know, some sort of facility because sometimes that costs money or maybe they don't have oh, it, those funds. It yeah. costs, well, it does it costs cost money. money to go to a yeah. facility for sure. Like yeah. if you want an actual like treatment, like mm-hmm. it costs money. AA is free. Yeah. AA is free. Yeah. And health insurance don't cover a facility. Mm-mm. So yeah, it, it, does it make you think, because I've been thinking, you know, because there have been lots of reports about, you know, sort of the dangers of alcohol and how, like they mentioned in the article, now we're saying any type of alcohol is bad for you. It, you know, there's, you know, cognitive um, effects, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, issues. And, uh, you know, we all know the stuff that it does to your body. And it's made me think about, you know, my consumption of alcohol, which I don't think is bad. But, you know, just like it, it scared me a little bit. I'm like, oh, I don't want to give up alcohol. But <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to give up alcohol. Maybe I'll start cutting, stop cutting back and drinking less on the week, which I don't do as much. But it, it just made me think about to look at how I'm consuming alcohol and when I do, how much, you know, and all of that. That's what it made me do, reading the article. Well, I've, I started doing that just because this side of 35, it just, it hit different. Yeah. And I said that like I just turned over the 35 hump, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, like legit, I told you, like if I have too many drinks, I can't even go to sleep. Like I've literally like have to sit up in bed with the pillows behind me to fall, like to and sleep sitting straight up, right? Because it just feels like lava running through my body. And I'm like, oh my God. what is this? And it's like, <laughs> bitch, you had a drink after 10 o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God. So like, I, I can't drink anything past like nine is like the latest, but I try to cut it off around like eight, eight thirty. Um, And then, you know, with food too, like not eating anything past eight o'clock. And so you might have like a drink after dinner, after uh-huh. dinner. Like, okay, 8.30 is the cutoff for these drinks. Um, I also, like, measure out my wine now. So. Oh, girl. Oh, I, I don't play. Like, <laughs> I, I do not play. So that's what I'm saying. Now I can eyeball a, a glass of wine. I can tell you how many ounces it is. Um, <laughs> just from, like, me just measuring it out. And you would be surprised how how small four ounces looks in a glass. Oh, my um, God. So when people don't think they're drinking that much, and, the, and I'm like, no, that's, they just poured, like, Eight and a half ounces into that cup. Uh-huh. Like you don't need to drink that much in one sitting. That's ridiculous. You ever go to like um uh, a wine bar or something, and you get like a really nice glass of wine or something that you think is a little expensive. Maybe it's like twenty three dollars for the glass, uh-huh. and they come back and you're like, "This is it." Like it's like a drop, and you're <laughs> like, "Well, of course they're not going to pour you a lot because it's if it's twenty three dollars for the glass, it's probably a more expensive bottle than the others. Mm-hmm. They're not just be doling it out like it's like it's water." Yeah. But there's also the fact that like it probably is um, a lot bolder, <laughs> a lot brighter. It's probably heavier, more acidic. 
you don't need to drink a whole lot of that. Yeah. And they know that. Yeah. And that's the reason why they only gave you three and a half ounces of it. <laughs> and it's, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah. I see the difference. I see mm-hmm. the difference between me drinking one kind of grape varietal and me drinking another for sure. Um, like now I'm like, it hits my stomach and I'm like, oh, that's got acid. <laughs> like I oh, can just God. tell. And I'm like, oh, I can't drink more than two ounces of this because it's already eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm being careful with my consumption in that way because I've already just, I'm seeing the effects um, just on my like older body. Yeah. Whereas like when I was like 23, you know, forget it. Like even with a hangover, with the worst hangover, by the time it hit one o'clock, I was like, let's get at it again. <laughs> <laughs> crazy (laughs) it's also made me think you know just as you're talking and you know even remembering how when we first met in college you know your relationship and your history with alcohol was much different from mine and I think Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about anyone else but we would assume that a lot of kids you know didn't grow up especially in a well I don't know um I think a lot the majority I will say of kids in America, I don't, I don't think grow up in a family where there's sort of like, they can, there's a healthy sort of outlook, access to alcohol, but a healthy sort of Mm -hmm. relationship with alcohol where you could drink, you know, because they talk about Europe and how in Europe, the drinking age is lower and Mm -hmm. how people, you know, it's okay for, you know, the child or whatever, depending on how old they are, of course, to have a glass of wine. Our parents are actively drinking with their children, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think you grew up in a home where, it, it, you know, you weren't getting drunk at 13, but during dinner, your parents or the adults, they had out, you know, they had some wine and they were drinking and you saw that. And I think that sort of influenced your relationship that, like he mentioned in Italy and in Europe, alcohol is looked at as part of food. You know, it, it's sort of their right. relationship. To yeah. them. And I think that contributes, it contributes to how you might look at, how you might, your relationship with alcohol as you become an adult. Where for me, alcohol was forbidden. Alcohol was this horrible thing. It's like, I don't know how to handle that. You, you dropped me off at college and people are drinking. I'm like, let me have some of that. And you're, you're finding out your limits and figuring out things as you go with this thing which was deemed horrible and you should right. not touch as a child, you know? Well, it's so, like sex. You yeah. know, if you if you have a, a sex positive household, you're more likely to have more positive sexual experiences <laughs> yes. um, when you start to discover sex and your sexuality versus if you either if you live in either a sex negative household or uh, was it a sex avoidant household, oh, yeah. which is yeah. not spoken about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's very. I think that is with most things because even with drugs, like mm-hmm. you know, it, drugs was not taboo in my house like smoking weed and stuff like that um and like my mother my mother when i think about it i i don't i very rarely remember seeing my mother drink alcohol Mm -hmm. even now she doesn't really drink like that um but my dad drank and my dad drank like cognac or whatever Mm -hmm. it was it was whatever like yeah um it wasn't a thing like my aunts would drink and it was normal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't like 13 knocking back drinks. Like, that was not. <laughs> you know, like, you know. um, but maybe at Passover, you know, somebody let you get a sip. Um, yes, yes. You know, but, and then by the time I was 16, yes, I had the discretion of saying, like, I want a glass of that. Yeah. And somebody would be like, okay. Yeah. And it was like Manischewitz. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and it was also. Give me Grey Goose. 
Um, or like maybe it was like a wine cooler, like a Zima or something. <laughs> oh god, um, Zima. <laughs> <laughs> it also was really interesting because not only was it kind of something from when I look at when as you're talking, it was something that was a part of your culture. Like, you know, the, the family's around, you know, people you have a drink, your dad may have a, you know, a glass of whiskey or scotch or whatever, but also for religious reasons, during holidays, you also drink. And I think that also has something to do with, you're also looking at alcohol as more, not, not this horrible, negative thing, because it's like, well, no, I mean, we're doing this for the holidays, we're reading the prayers, and then we're drinking with each other and we're feasting, you know, it, that's, it's this beautiful thing. Where, you know, so it also, I think, helps to, to alleviate some of that sort of, uh, I don't know, stress or sort of uh, ambiguity about your view of alcohol as you get older. You know, is it bad? Is it good? It's like, well, I know it's not horrible because I had this during um, Passover. You know, it's not, you know, it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that helps. And you, and you, if you grow, if you grew up in Bed-Stuy, in that same kind of household, you also saw the effects of drinking with too much alcohol. So <laughs> you understood in moderation is fine. Yes. But don't yes. be like Sonny down the street. Don't be like Sonny down the street. Begging, begging to pack your groceries because he's penniless and look crazy because he drinks too much. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, well, I, think- I grew up in a, like, you know, during the crack epidemic and all that so you know we understood what it was but we also understood what it could be Mm -hmm. and how you know drinking wine or smoking weed didn't have to be the end of your life if you didn't get crazy with it (laughs) i like that i think that's what one of our take that's our takeaway from today you know drinking wine like sunny down the street don't be like sunny down the street street. (laughs) it's in moderation people that's that's what it is that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well i had a very funny story to tell but i don't think we have time for it so this is gonna have to wait for another week because we're taking a week off yes we um, are yeah. so we won't be here next week but we will be here the week after so make sure you come back um and check us out and of course make sure that if you like this episode of black hipster that you subscribe and you rate us we are pretty much everywhere you're listening to your podcast so get into it Mm -hmm. um you can also email us at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com um i know we had some listeners um um today spook the tray sorry boo um we don't have people chime in during the show um but if you want to say something feel free to send us an email you know we would love to share it on the podcast if that's Mm -hmm. cool with you and if it's not then don't email us because we're gonna share (laughs) it on the podcast if you send it um (laughs) you can also hit us up on instagram uh if you got something to say and you want us to share it we are at black hipster podcast you can also hit me up but please no dms at the shawa evans that's t-h-e-e where you at boo thing I'm at Standrick Wiggins. Mm, the whole government. Yes, yes lovely. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's it for me. Since it is a Sunday, I am drinking coffee instead of wine. Like There's I no coffee or alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's funny that we got through the entire episode and didn't mention that. I'm usually drinking wine when we record. <laughs> but yeah, and um, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to share my very crazy story. Oh, gosh. I can't wait to hear it, darling. (laughs) On that note, then. (laughs) Bye. Bye.